in the past uh, in the past two weeks we have been able to see uh, the nature of sin um, <clears throat> that sin is transgression of the law of God that sin in its nature is extremely wicked it is completely uh, <clears throat> infinitely evil then we've also been able to see that sin in its nature is the most detestable thing that there is in this world and you can go back to uh, those lessons and you, you'll be able to um, <clears throat> to to hear the, the the extent of these things of the lawlessness of it the the wickedness of it and the detestable nature of it last week we considered that sin is against god that sin wants to remove god from the throne and it wants to take his position it wants to become the master of everyone and everything we were able to see that sin <clears throat> is is against god in which ways it resists against the authority of god and so it, it doesn't want god to <clears throat> when you're sinning or when we sin as humans we don't want god to rule us we are saying we want to rule ourselves we want to control ourselves so we resist against the authority of god number two it costed the blood of god and so jesus christ died on the cross so that he may vanquish sin yes resistant to the sovereignty of god and he said and all his attributes yes <clears throat> so so <clears throat> in in resisting against the authority of god sin does resist against the sovereignty of god his being his person um his nature um <clears throat> and so um we were able to see that it resists against his sovereignty his authority his being his goodness his attributes we were able to see that it, it is against god because it costed the blood of god jesus christ had to die on the cross so as to pay for its penalty number three yes Yes, sin is against God in in showing that in, in in displaying its ungrateful nature. It is ungrateful to the goodness of God, as we considered um, that God has given us life and breath and food and sh shelter and the raiment that clothes us. And uh, uh, when we sin, we are not giving thanks to God. God has given us the ultimate gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we sin. We are not thanking God for His goodness to us in Christ. And then, there's one more. It grieves the Spirit of God. And we were able to consider that uh, technical word there, anthropopathism. That uh, <clears throat> they, this word grieve is one of those words that gives God hu human-like emotions even though god does not have passions in and of himself 
And so <clears throat> we were able to see that it it is against God in the sense that it it does it does that which God is against. Um, <clears throat> it grieves God. It, uh, it God does not take it kindly. And so sin goes against God by doing that which God does not want uh, to be done or refusing to do that which uh, God requires. Now, <clears throat> we, we, may, we have been considering this uh, topic of the sinfulness of sin so that you may, you may start to hate sin the way it should be hated. You know, and if possible, the way God hates it. We, we have been looking at, at this subject so that we may be awakened to the reality of its evil, the evil of sin. And that's why we've been considering this subject. Um, now, as we consider that sin is, a, uh, is against God, this morning I'd, I'd like us to consider that sin is against man in this life. So this week and next week we'll be considering that sin is against man. Today we will consider that sin is against man in this, in this life. Uh, but let me here ask, ask you a question. What do you think is man's greatest good? What is your greatest good as a human being? It's one word. God. God is the greatest good for every human being. Because God is good. <clears throat> In his goodness, he gives us life and breath and all that we need necessary for life. In his goodness, he created us. God did not need to make anyone. Because he is fulfilled in himself sufficiency. And so God did not make humans because he was lonely. God made humans for his glory and because he is good. Now, the fact of sin being against God makes it necessary then that sin would be against man whom God made. Whom God made in his image. Now, following through from last week's class that go, sin is against God, uh, it necessarily follows that sin would automatically be against man. It would automatically be against you. You will most definitely benefit from having God be yours. And therefore, because sin is against God, it necessarily follows that it will be against you. <clears throat> It must be against you because it is against God, because God is your greatest good. And if it attacks your greatest good, therefore it attacks you. Are you able to follow? And so sin is against man uh, uh, because sin is against God. It doesn't want the greatest good for you since God would be your greatest good. God is the best of beings. He is the chiefest of beings. There is no other God like him in this universe. Other gods are the works of men. God is the chiefest of beings. He is the greatest. But then God is the best of beings. Um, 
of all the things that exist, God is the best of them. Because everything, everything that exists in this world emanates from him. God is the, is the giver of all things. He's the giver of all goods. And so those who have God, they have the best thing that they could ever have in this world. If you have God, you have everything. Now, sin would not have you have him. Or to put it in another way, sin would have you not have him, not have God. Because God is the greatest good. Now, sin is against you by causing all forms of evil. Sin is against you in this life. Sin is against you in the next life by causing all forms of evil that you could think of. And we will consider this under some general subtitles in a, in a few minutes. But if you think of all the troubles that you have in this life, sin is at the root of it. Every problem that you have, <clears throat> everything that troubles you in this life, it's because of sin. Sin is the cause of it. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And verse 19. <clears throat> Galatians 5:19. And here we have sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. The Bible is telling us here that all these evils are because of sin. They are the works of the flesh. And all other things like this are due to sin. That's what it says there. It says, um, And things like this, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who commit such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> now, every problem that we have, Every form of evil that exists, exists because of sin. There is no sin that will be committed by any man that is not against him, both in this life and the life to come. Now, I'd like, to, I'd like you to see that sin is against you in this life because of five things. There, there could be many things. I recommend to you Ralph Venning's Sinfulness of Sin, small Puritan paperback. He has, he has gone, uh, uh, he has explained uh, in a deeper way um, how sin is against man in this life. <clears throat> but then I, I just like you to see that uh, at least these five things capture most of the things that sin is against, uh, against us in this life. Number one, it separates you from God. Sin is against you in this life because it separates you from God. Number two, it attacks your very existence. Number three, it denies you the comforts and joys of this life. Number four, it attacks your conscience. And then number five, it twists the good gifts of God and makes us idolaters. Number one, sin is against you in this life because it separates you from God. Let's go to <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 
consider with me Genesis chapter 3. And, and we know from the creation story that man, man is in communion with God. Man had communion with God in the garden. But then because of sin, man is removed from the presence of God. Not, not, not only in the life to come, but in this life. God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden. Well, the Bible says... They, they, would, they would commune with the presence of God. They would commune with God himself. Man was not afraid of God, but now, because of sin, he is afraid of God. When he sins, he hides himself. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the cool of the garden. Sorry, walking in the cool of the day. And the, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So you see there <clears throat> a few things. God would commune with them by coming to the garden and being with them. Now they hear his, his sound walking in the garden and they hide themselves. They were in communion with God, but now they are not in communion with God. They were not afraid of God, but now they are afraid of God. You see there that sin separates man from God. It separates you from God. And, and this happens after they sin, because before then, everything was okay. Everything was working out properly. You are separated from God, and you're even afraid of God because of sin, right? Sometimes when you sin, you, <clears throat> you are terrified because of who God is. If, if there was no sin, we would not be afraid of God in the sense of, we would not fear God in a terrifying way. We would only fear him the way the Lord Jesus Christ did, reverently, in an honoring way, in, in, in acknowledging that He is our, our only true God. But now because of sin, you, sometimes, even as a Christian, are afraid of God. You fear God. And it is because of sin that the Bible says that we are alienated from God. We are separated from God. We are hostile to God because of sin. God chases man out of the garden because of sin. His communion with God is affected. Um, being afraid of God, not having communion with God because of sin. The prayers of sinners are not answered because of sin. Sin separates us from God. God considers the prayers of an unbeliever as an abomination because of sin. It's because of sin that we are separated from God. It's because of sin that that gap between man and God comes because of sin. Your separation from God is, is broken and restored by none other than none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the one that bridges that gap. He's the one that restores that relationship. And that separation that was there, Jesus Christ removes it. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. First Timothy 2.5 tells us, <clears throat> For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He is the one that mediates, brings us to God, reconciles us with God. Colossians 1.13 and 14, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Our being transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, in his marvelous light, has been done by, by God through Christ because of his death on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.19 In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. It is in Christ, my dear brethren, that this separation that sin grants is removed. It is in Christ that sinners are reconciled to God. It is in Christ that the separation is, is removed, is, is vanquished. Now, sin is against you because it separates you from God. And that is why as we sit here this morning, we rejoice. We rejoice at the gift of Christ. We rejoice at the sacrifice that Christ made. We are able to sit here because we are no longer separated from God. But those that are un unbelievers, our children, those, that we, those whom we evangelize, our family members that are not Christians, sin is against them in this life because it separates them from God. It makes them afraid of God. It removes them from the presence of God. They do not have communion with God. Because of sin. Is there any, any question or comment? Okay, so sin is against against man in this life, against you in this life, because it separates you from God. Number two, it is sin is against you in this life because it attacks your very existence. Now, I'm just putting these things before you so that you may consider them more deeply than you have before. It attacks your very existence. <clears throat> and how does, how does it do that? Consider how many children have been aborted. How many children have died, sadly, in miscarriages. It's because of sin. Sin is against man in this life by attacking his very existence, even in, in the womb. Because of sin. Natural evils, the you know, hurricanes and El, El Ninos and uh, all forms of natural calamities is, are because of sin. The evil of men, you know, the murder of people, uh, like like we had with Hitler, 
and all evils that men do is because of sin and those things those natural evils attack your very existence the evils of men attack your existence whether they are directly uh, uh, attacking you to murder you or whether it's something like gossip for example it, it is attacking the very existence of man your existence was under attack from the moment you were conceived because what does david say about us being conceived yes blue what does david say i thought you wanted to answer Out. we were conceived in iniquity um, <clears throat> seeing the moment you were conceived uh, your life was under attack your existence was under attack because you were conceived in iniquity anything could have happened so as to render you non-existent it's because of the sin that exist in this world that people are advocating for abortion for the murder of children and how many have been rendered non-existent now because of sin too many to count too many to count and so <clears throat> anything could have happened to you while you were in your mother's womb and when children are born it's a miracle because sin is attacking your very existence from the moment you are conceived now the circumstantial brokenness that that we we experience of relationships is an attack to your existence you know abuse <clears throat> whether it be physical or sexual or whatever form of abuse you experience is because of sin and that is attacking your existence and sin therefore attacks your existence now go with me back to genesis god has created this good universe everything is good from his own proclamation god says everything is very good he has made everything in the span of 6 days he has finished he has made man in his own image he's given him a wife they they're living together it's 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 all great But then sin enters into the world which is what we have there in chapter 3 and God chases man one of the effects of sin separating man from God man is separated from God uh he's chased away from the garden chapter 4 we have Cain and Abel and in verse 8 Genesis chapter 4 verse 8 we have Cain spoke to Abel his brother and when they were in the field Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And that is because of sin. That is because of sin. Before then there was no murder, but because now sin has entered into the world, there is hatred. There is murder. <clears throat> Go with me to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4.
Titus chapter 3, verse, verse 3, sorry, verse 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Your very existence is under attack because of sin. Sin grants that we are hated by others and we are hating others. You have people being hated and hating others. And this is because of sin. Surely this shows that sin is against you in this life. Sin is not out for your good. Sin is against you because it separates you from God. Sin is against you <clears throat> because it attacks your very existence. It attacks your existence. As we began this series, we saw that everything that God made was good. Um, <clears throat> But when sin entered the world, this goodness and loveliness was blemished. It was marred. Man, no longer, man, man is no longer beautiful or lovely as he, as he or she would have been were there no sin. Our existence is therefore under attack by the presence of sin. Every deformity is because of sin. When God made Adam and Eve, they were <clears throat> complete human beings. People are now born blind. Without, without the ability to see or hear or speak, being deformed in one way or another because of sin. If it were not for sin, our existence in that sense would not be under attack. <clears throat> I'm, 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 telling, I'm, I'm telling this to you so that you may see that sin is not out to, it's not rooting for you. It's not out for your good. Sin attacks your very existence. Consider that your life is constantly in danger. Sin is attacking your existence. You must constantly be careful because death is real. You can't walk freely at night. You can't just go to the highway there and just stand there. As if you're a superhuman. You'll die. And this is because of sin. Sin is against you in this life. It's attacking your existence. It wants to kill us. You know? Someone could kill you. That's why you lock your house. Someone could come and attack you and kill you. And this is because of sin. Uh, which which uh, the sixth commandment calls murder. It's possible for you to be murdered in cold blood because of sin and this shows that sin is against you by attacking your very existence sin is against you in this life <clears throat> we do not know about tomorrow that's what we were taught by our pastor uh, when we were going through the book of James we are not to boast about tomorrow because we don't, we don't know and this is because of sin sin is out to to kill us and therefore as John Owen says we must be killing it as believers we must be killing it any any question or comments feel free to ask a question or to make a comment number three 
sin is against you in this life because it denies you the comforts and joys of this life. Genesis 3 is our anchor text. So please go back there a bit. <clears throat> it denies you the comforts and joys of this life and show, shows by that that it is against you in this life. Consider that um, <clears throat> a curse came with the fall. When Adam sinned, all forms of evil came crashing in. And <clears throat> we have, th there are two things that, that God grants the human when he created him. <clears throat> when God created Adam, he placed him in the garden, he gave him work. Work is good, it is a creation ordinance. When God made Adam and Eve, he told them, be fruitful and multiply. And therefore giving them this, um, this, this go ahead, this liberty to fill the earth by multiplying. Now, when sin enters into the world, it attacks those two things. It attacks both the man and the woman. And we see this in the curse that God gives the man and the woman. Notice that work, being a creation ordinance, was not meant to be painful. Work was, work was good. Everything that God created was good. And so it was not meant to be, to be something that we don't want or something that is tiresome or, or loathsome to us. It was not meant to be painful. But now it is because of sin. Genesis 3.17 God tells Adam, Adam there, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cast is the ground because of you. So you see, it's because of sin. How do we know it's because of sin? Because sin is transgression of the law. God tells Adam, you shall not eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God says, therefore, because you have done that, then cast is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it, it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plant of the field. <clears throat> By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. And when God is giving this cast, it's as though these things, these things were not there. The, the pain, the, the cursed nature of the ground, <clears throat> the thorns, the thistles, it's as though work was not like that before. And rightly so, it wasn't like that because God made everything good. The sweat of it the toilsome nature, the struggle, the pain of the cursed ground should, should surely help you, O oh man, to loathe sin, to shun it with all your might because sin denies you the comfort and joys of genuine work. And when I say, O oh man, I mean males, you men, you should, you should hate sin and loathe it you should shun it because it denies you the comforts and joys of genuine work 
Thankfully, God is merciful and he grants some satisfaction in work. But the curse is still present. And this is because of sin. Consider the woman. Her giving birth would presumably uh, be smooth. You know, we assume that it would, have been, it, it, it would not have been painful as it is because of the curse that is given. It would have been painless. But because of sin, now it is excruciatingly painful. I can't even begin to imagine how painful it is to give birth. Because, obviously, I'm a man. God tells the woman there in Genesis 3.16. Look at verse 16. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband. He shall rule over you. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> notice there the pain, the similarity between the curse of the man and the woman. Pain in work, uh, pain in childbearing. <clears throat> but then there are two things there for the woman. Not only pain in childbearing, but unsubmissiveness and refusal to, to submit in, 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 a God, in the God-ordained order. That man is the head and woman is his helper. The pain of bringing forth children should surely help you, O oh woman. You women who are here, this pain should help you to loathe sin, to shun sin with all your might. Because sin denies you the joys, the comforts of childbearing. God speaks as though childbearing would have been seamless. It would have been easy. Because it was a good thing that God gave man. Now thankfully, God is merciful. And he grants a, a, a glorious awe. So much so that as soon as the child is born, the mother is overwhelmed by the miracle of birth. And the pain seems worthwhile. This is because God is merciful. But then the, the curse is still present. They are, thereby denying us the comforts and joys of this life. The comfort and joy of work. For men, the comfort and joy of childbearing for women. Sin denies you the comforts and joys of this life by, um, <clears throat> by attacking you in those spheres, but also by attacking your health. The health and wealth movement here fails terribly. You know, when they say that we should, because we are in Christ now, we must be healthy. We must be wealthy. They're terribly mistaken. Because they give people false promises. By the virtue of existence of sin in this world, sickness will always be there. Sickness will always exist. Sickness will, will always be there because of sin. And until sin is completely vanquished at the end, the sick we will always have. <clears throat> we will always watch out for our children because they can easily get sick. We will always watch out for ourselves, for what, what we eat, how we, how we walk, because we can easily get sick. <laughs> the sick we will always have and doctors will always have work as long as we are in this life. Sin is against us in this life because of sickness 
Sickness denies us the comforts and joys of this life. Sin is against you because of sickness. Now, notice also that uh, it's because of poverty. It's not, only you, it's not only against you in this life because of sickness, it's also against you in this life because of poverty. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and John, Jesus said that the poor will always be there. We'll always have people who are poor because of sin. Showing that sin is against us in this life. Sin is against you in this life. Now, are you able to see <clears throat> how sin is evil? Sin is against our greatest good, which is God. And therefore, because it, it, it attacks God, it also attacks us. It's, it's not out for our good. It is against us in this life. Then number four, sin is against you in this life because it attacks your conscience. It attacks your conscience. It's because God gave Adam and Eve a conscience that when they sinned, they realized that they had sinned. They realized they had done that which God told them not to do. And therefore they hid themselves. Adam is, <laughs> is unable to answer the question that God asks him because his conscience is now being attacked by sin. He's, he's not, he, he kind of mumbles when God asks him, where are you? Sin is against you in this life because it attacks your conscience. Go with me to Matthew 20, 27. Matthew chapter 27. And uh, here we have Judas. Judas Iscariot. One of the twelve disciples <coughs> that betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and eventually died. From verse 3 and following we have Judas hanging himself because of the realization that he has sinned. Bible says then when Judas, his betrayer, so that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Judas realizes that he has sinned and because he has a conscience, he goes and takes back the money. Because he has a conscience, he realizes that the person that has been uh, taken is an innocent man. He changed his mind. He has betrayed innocent blood. His conscience is under attack. Your conscience would, would be at peace if there were no sin. You would not con constantly be repenting, confessing your sin before God and turning. You realize that when we pray, we must confess of sin. Every time you pray, you must confess of sin. Because in one way or another, you, you, you may have sinned. You may have done that which is wrong. And therefore your conscience is under attack. Your conscience is not quiet. It's not at peace. It's under attack by sin. Sin is against you in this life by granting you no peace. Because of sin. 
And so <clears throat> Judas here knows that he has sinned. Therefore, the best thing for him to do is to hang himself because he can't live with himself like that. Now, hanging himself is, again, another sin. And this is produced in him by sin. Because of the sin nature. Therefore, sin is against you in this life by attacking your conscience. You know this. When you sin, especially as a Christian, your conscience is never at rest. You know that you've done something wrong. You're always wondering like a man in the wilderness without direction because you have sinned. Because your conscience is awake and therefore you are not at peace when you sin. And peace is only obtained when one confesses and forsakes his sin. I mean, when you go before God, you ask for forgiveness. You confess of what you've done. There's a sense in which you get temporal peace in your conscience. You know that God knows my sins. I'm not living in sin. I'm not hiding anything. But when you sin and you, and you stay like that, you don't pray, your conscience is under attack. It's not at peace. And therefore sin is against you. In that sense. Is there any question or comment? Any any interaction with what you had so far? Number five. Sin is against man in this life because it twists the good gifts of God and makes us idolaters. Sin is against man in this life because it twists the good gifts of God and makes us idolaters. Yesterday in the men's breakfast, we're considering the discipline of mind and um, we were able to <clears throat> see a couple of things and the author of that book the disciplines of a godly man was laboring to show how the TV can very easily take control of us and we were able to see that uh, God is the one that gives in his common grace men, men the ability to make mobile phones, for example, or television sets. And so these are good gifts from God to help us glorify him more. But then the gifts that God gives us are twisted by sin the sin in us the the <clears throat> uh, 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 want conformity or want of conformity to evil in us those gifts are twisted by that evil and they cause that evil causes us to be idolaters so when you buy a tv instead of it 
serving you and working for you you now serve it it becomes your master it, it governs the way you program your life and notice there that sin is against you in this life even by threatening your eternity by by twisting the gifts that God has to bear. The gifts that God gives us, sin twists them, and therefore we become idolaters, and when we worship the gift rather than the giver, our existence in this life is under attack. Sin, sin attacks us in this life, and even our eternity is attacked. Because when we become idol worshippers, we, we essentially denying God and worshipping something else and God is going to punish all idolaters. Sin is against you in this life because even the gifts the gifts that God gives you you are prone to using them inappropriately. When God uh, blesses you with children you are prone to twist that blessing to now not want to come to church. Of course, it is understandable that that early period when the child is very young, the mother and the baby cannot come to church. But you realize that you want to go, to, you want to go home early when you come to church. You don't want to spend the Lord's Day appropriately. In the name of you have children. And that is a, a gift that God has given you. Not so that you may serve it, but so that it may help you to glorify God more, better. You get a job and, and you know what happens. You go to the interview, you are asked, how much do you want us to pay you? You say 200,000. Amen? No. <laughs> and then they tell you, but you must work all these. Instead of saying that you're not available on Sunday, the good gift of that salary lures you so that you disobey God. And now you're not able to come to church on Sundays because of the gift and your allegiance gets <clears throat> is given to the gift rather than to the giver. This is because of sin. And you could think of all forms of examples. <clears throat> now, when God blesses you with anything, your phone should not cause you to be an idolater that <clears throat> instead of spending your time on the Lord's day for your own benefit, your phone, is, your phone becomes your master. You, you use it in such a manner that it doesn't help you to glorify God. And you're not, you're not bothered about it. Because it's not even in your mind. Because sin has twisted your thinking. It has twisted your 
that good gift that God has given you to cause you not to worship God appropriately, but rather to 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 grant give your loyalness to the gift rather than the giver. Now, my dear brethren, sin is against you. Sin will never be your friend. Primarily because it is against God. But also in the way that life unfolds and things happen in our lives, sin shows that it is against us. It is against us both in this life and in the life to come. You, <clears throat> now, applications. Think of Think of your own life. God in his providence has granted you life. Sin, wanting to attack your very existence, shows that sin is the greatest evil. Sin should not be tolerated because it attacks you every day. When you think of sin, <clears throat> you're the, you should you should think of you, you should be disgusted at it. You should think of it the way you think of a disgusting thing, and you, you don't want even to imagine something disgusting falling on your hands or or, or anything like that. That's how we should think of sin, because sin. Is against God and because sin is against you in this life when you think of sin <clears throat> you should be driven to God you should be driven to God because God is the only one that is able to vanquish sin <clears throat> you should be driven to God to submit to him and to depend upon him to submit to him more or uh, so that you don't submit to sin and to depend upon him so that when God is giving the wages of sin which is death you will not be among those who are receiving those wages you depend upon him in the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> when you think of sin you should think of your daily life your life is is and should be lived in such a manner that you're constantly turning away from sin because of those things that we've been able to see there of what sin does because it is against you your life should be lived in such a manner that you're drawing farther and farther away from sin because sin is not for you sin is against you in this life is there any question or comment Is there any other implication that you can think of?
next week we will be considering that sin is against against you against man in the life to come we will explore that more coming week yes <clears throat> so <clears throat> we've considered that sin separated us from God through our federal head Adam when Adam fell the himself and all his posterity uh, fell and so we can only come back to God through the Lord Jesus Christ so that that separation from God that is granted by um, the sin nature is that gap is breached by the Lord Jesus Christ but then <clears throat> when we are believers and we sin there is a sense in which our relationship with God is tainted and that that is a form of separation and that's why when the believer is constantly sinning the bible says that god must discipline them because <clears throat> there's a sense in which it grants a separation from god it 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 attacks the relationship that the christian has with god as his father and so uh sin 
separates us from God, is against us in this life because it separates us from God as Christians in the sense that uh, even the relationship that we already have with God in Christ, sin attacks it. It, it still wants to pull us back and separate us from God. And, and that's, how, that's how we should think of it uh, from the perspective of being Christians. So that the, re- the relationship that has already been created by Christ uh, through the blood of his cross is under attack because sin is against us. It wants to separate us from God. And when we sin, we... James, Bible, drawn near to God. Drawn near to God and... and that drawing near presupposes a separation and the reason why we are constantly being encouraged to draw near is because sin has the capacity to draw us away from God therefore creating a separation in that sense any anything else before we close Absolutely, yeah. So, Psalm 51 <clears throat> portrays that kind of thing where someone is a Christian, David, a man after God's own heart, but because of sin, there's no joy of salvation. So, he says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from, from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And <clears throat> this is because he knows that it is against God and him only that he has sinned. And, and, and then there is this kind of separation that has been uh, granted by sin, because of sin. And so <clears throat> he is now drawing near when the prophet Nathan comes to him tells him you are the man you're the one who's taking someone else's wife while god has already blessed you then when he's able to see that he now comes to god he draws near to god and seen seen as the capa- that capacity to draw us away from god yes sin wants to dominate you, every time it comes at your door, you have to know that uh, 
you must unwrap your neck. And if you fall into it, it makes you wiser to know what happened because you know in the right view of sin, you know that this is my enemy who is coming. And so, there's a way in which when you fall in sin, you are made wiser to know how you should not sin anymore. But that is not to encourage anyone to sin, but rather to know that their allegiance is to God and they must not because mm. the fact Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you. Our finite minds cannot comprehend all these things that we are considering. The infinite nature of the evil of sin. And there's a sense in which we are prone to wonder still even when we hear such things our prayer lord is that you may help us help us that the awareness of these things would cause our hearts to long for you more to hate sin more and more because sin is against you because sin is against us and as we've considered this morning against us in this life we pray that you would help us to shun from it to be disgusted at it to grow in holiness we pray our heavenly father that your your grace would be sufficient for us here gracious god sinners cry we have nowhere else to fly lord our hope and our only hope is in you. Oh God, be merciful to us. Show pity to us and forgive us of our sins. Let these repenting rebels live. Are, are not your mercies large and free? Grant that we would trust in thee. Because our sins though great, they do not surpass the power and glory of your grace. Please forgive us. Help us to see the sinfulness of sin and to be disgusted at it, to have a holy hatred for sin. That which separates us from you, that which attacks our very existence, that which attacks our consciences, that which twists the gifts that you've given us, changes them. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to hate sin, to love you, to have a holy fear for you. Bless us with these things. Help us as we get into our morning worship service. Hear, hear us, Lord, for we pray these things.
through the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.